Hello, ever get dip? Okay, I I I might keep that in. I'm gonna keep that in. Um, so welcome back. If you've listened to our last episode, you probably heard the uh, explanation of what happened, why there was a hiatus uh, at the beginning. So I'm, I'll spare you that. But basically, once again, welcome to the second episode of the Lost Episodes. Um, so. Now that these are both out there, we hope that we can get back on our regular schedule of every Wednesday. I, I've tried really hard to stick to that and get us to stick to that, but then we've had all these freaking problems and, yeah, whatever. But now, hopefully, we've gotten over the hill. Let's, uh, let's get this going. So, uh, enjoy episode six of What Are We Even Doing? And so, just like an animated movie from the early 90s starring John Goodman that is way too dark when you go back and rewatch it, we're back! Oh, okay. And by that I mean myself, Christian Rose, joined by my cohort, young Damien Deschain, and yes. our second ever guest. Wow. The lovely Meg. Hello. Today on the program, we will be discussing a pay-per-view that only happened once. Uh, so if you want to look it up on ye old WWE Network, you got to go all the way back to the year 2000 and ought one for Invasion. Just called Invasion. Uh, before we get into the undercard, I have a quick spur-of-the-moment question for everyone in the room. Because this was... Technically filed under one of my picks, but when we decided to have Meg on the show, I threw it to her. This was her pick. So, mm. we'll go to her first. What is your memory of this pay-per-view? Because I know you've seen it numerous times, to say the least. 4,000 times. Um, so, the funny thing about this pay-per-view, uh, I have no context for WCW or ECW at this point. Uh, I want this pay-per-view happen. I am exclusively a WWF fan at that point. Um, so to me, this was great and a clear indicator of what WCW was like. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a lie. Um, so this was my first wrestling DVD. I went to my first live show a month and a half after this. And this was my first exposure to like cruiserweights and stuff. And I loved it. I wore this DVD out. I can quote this DVD. And then once I started watching WCW, I was like, oh, they cherry-picked all the good stuff to put into the Fed. And Well, sort of. That's a whole other topic that we made. That's a different ball of wax. All right. but uh, no Disco Inferno. Mr. Deschain, Sorry, Dakota. had you even seen this event before? Um, I believe that we, uh, you and I, have watched this one of our wrestling nights before. Okay. I believe that was the only other time I've seen it. Because some of this I was like, okay, I remember this. Right. Um, a lot of it I don't remember, so I don't know if we just stopped watching or what. But, um, yeah, this was my first time. I, In recent memory, this is my first time watching it all the way through. You uh, may not remember parts of it because there's approximately 43 matches and 92 segments on this show. No, I counted. Oh, dude. I counted. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that as well. That uh, is amazing. My memory of this pay-per-view, so I was... Uh, this is 2001. Oh, yeah, I, I actually did the math, or checked the date on this. I was almost 17 
when this happened. So I may have been at like my peak of fandom, right? And I was very aware of WCW at this point, and then you know having gone under a few months prior, and I was super aware of ECW, them having gone under just a few months prior. So like, I was already kind of enough of a nerd to be like. Like, there was one night where they set this up on Raw to bring back ECW guys, and I saw it coming, because it's like, oh, the WCW guys are in the ring, and then, oh, here comes the WWF. But I'm looking at the guys running down the ramp, I'm like, it's Taz, it's Rhino, it's Raven, I think Justin Credible was in there too, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. And then they did the big swerve, and Heyman left the announce table. So, like, this angle wasn't what I would call great... (laughs) Mm. And there's, I think there's big reasons for that, but at the time, I was all in. Same. Like, I was all about it. Uh, I th- did not get to see this pay-per-view when it happened, because I, during this time period, like, I very rarely saw pay-per-views live. Me and my friends h- hardly ever get the money up to, to, you know, pool in and buy one, and the idea of any of our parents spending $30, <laughs> uh, bringing it back. My mom might have... Because this is the point where my mom started getting into wrestling, but we can cross that bridge when we get to it later. So I didn't see this until it came out on DVD. I think I bought this DVD at a GameStop, is my memory of it. And wow. I was blown away at how many matches were on it. Dude. And I, I like and I'm, I was a huge mark for moves. And like everybody on this is... Well, we're going to get to the... There's a lot to unpack on this one. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Welcome. <laughs> but um, let's start with the... Actually, you know what? Do we ring the bell and then do the undercard? Yeah. That's how yeah, this works. it's the opening yeah. bell. Sorry, guys. It's I'm the rusty. opening bell. Yep. Let's ring the bell. Oh. Wow, I got a lot of that around my fingers. <laughs> That's great. Also, I like that you had the... Oh, because yours is a bottle. Look, man. It's still pretty... Don't judge. There's going to be a cacao in, a s- in the background. Yes, cacao. The mm. typical noise of bottle opening. Um... So, let's get to the opening card, or the undercard. What wrestling have you seen recently, Damien? If you can believe it, 2017 <laughs> IWA mid I am shocked and amazed. <laughs> it's just more the same, um, not well, right. basically. Um, one thing that sticks out... Um, it was a match between two people that I don't know if I should. There's, if there's throw a chance that the you're going to be on a show with them, or possibly one in of a the, ring with them, one of them never. But um, yeah, the other one will figure it out. So you, maybe for the sake of your, I'm I'm letting loose. You you still have a future. Okay, you, you, okay. You may wanna, discretion yeah. is the better part of valor. Well, so it was a singles match between two people that exist. And one of them is on the middle rope, like, still, like, getting his pop or whatever. And they start the match amazingly. Blew me away. Okay. Dude's, like, getting his pop or whatever, and then he just immediately jumps back into a springboard cutter on the the dude. I'm like, okay, "Okay, this is amazing. Right. And then they immediately screw it up by sloppily being sloppy and just, it took me immediately out of it. The moment you said this, I'm like, this sounds like it should have been the Kenta... Ricky Marvin. Yeah. It should have been two minutes. It should have been basically a match that's the last two minutes of an awesome match. Yeah. This yeah. match probably goes 15 minutes, doesn't uh, it? Probably, yeah. All right. Something like that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I thought they started very well and then immediately just spiral steep down steep decline. Um, yeah, that. What about you? I I know where I know what hers is going to be. It's, I'm going to have to take a verbal beating for it. I. <laughs> You know what? This week I was actually able to watch live wrestling for the first time in a long time. Normally I can't, but I was off work and everything. Wow. So I'm going to focus on the positive for this week for me. I watched AEW Dynamite this week from start to finish and really, really liked it. Hmm. Um, this was the... To date the show here, this was the episode of standard television that had a title of Winter is Coming. Uh, so this was the big title change between uh, Omega and Mox. Uh, which I thought was a good match with a crazy wild ending with them like tying into Impact and all this other stuff. Uh, I like AEW a lot. I understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea. I don't think that they do everything perfectly. I've never thought that about you know pretty much any wrestling promotion ever. But I will say this. Of all the things about AEW that I do enjoy, them acknowledging that other companies exist and letting people know that like you are watching a wrestling program and a wrestling event that exists in the real world is pro like all the, all the other stuff kind of falls under that umbrella for me mm -hmm. because these days when I watch the WWE, I said this recently, the current product feels like I'm watching a show that is about a show about wrestling. It's too polished. I think WWE is too right. Polished. It, like I, I trace it back to when they started calling fans, the WWE universe. Mm. And it's that thing where it's like, okay, now it's not in the real world yeah. anymore. Yeah. And I can only think of like a handful of times where they've done stuff that made it seem like it was in the real world since then. And most of them involve Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And so anyway, so like for me, AEW, I'm a big fan. If I can watch it, I'm going to continue to do so. And then there's you. And what then... So, of course, because I work until late, early evening and then I watch Wrestling Live with him. But somehow we keep coming back to the same IWA anniversary show. And it's I the feel 24th anniversary. I've show. not seen it, this. It could be the 28th. I don't care. So we keep trudging along through this and this is just a statement of facts, not a judgment either way. IWA shows go on for 26 years. So I feel like I've been watching this show for a week and a half and we just keep doing a match at a time. Um, I have nothing to say about it either way. It's a neutral statement. However, there is a setup to a match happening, and it is a big deal to the people involved. And my exact quote to Tom was, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know who this person is that they're referencing. And he went, well, you've been at shows that he's been on. And my exact quote back to him was a shrug and an oh well. Yeah. And... Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? It's like you've been at like at least three shows I can think of. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm okay. I'm sorry, and this person's never gonna listen to it. So I'm sorry, person who I had no idea who you were. But any of these people will tell you I've seen way too much wrestling. If you don't stand out to me, I don't notice. Sorry, you may be a big fish in your pond, but I think I've seen too many fish. So yeah. we just keep watching that show over so, and over sawing and through over it one, again. No, we haven't even repeated. We haven't even finished it. We'll watch like one match at a time and then it's like, ugh. 
Okay. Moving on. It just keeps going. I'm gonna have to watch this. No, no, no you don't, you, man. You know, you know how much I hate myself. Oh, this watching is actually these. true. And like, here's the thing. As much as we can sit here and dog on Mid South because it's easy, and at this point, it's almost not even fun. No, I'm kidding. It's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> there's st- there's there's guys there that it's like, okay, you're trying to get better. You're trying to get ring time. You know, whatever the case may be. But then there are people on these shows that are not ready to be on shows. Even, Oof. even like, and it's depressing because, like, I never went during the heyday except for, like, one show, which we'll come back to at some other episode, some of the future episode. She used to go to Mid-South all the time yeah. during its peak. It, 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 your your 2004, 2005 peak, because there are going to be people that say the Kmart building in 01 is its peak or 02 when it was, you know, Hero and whoever for an hour and a half in the Kmart building. Hero and Punk. Yeah. Um, but, it, but admittedly, you're going to find on any show that there are people that are very, very good at what they do, and then there are people that it is questionable whether they should be wrestling or not. And anybody can admit that. And some of those people will get better and learn the error of their ways, and then some people are very good at being okay at an okay place. And nothing against Ian. Hey, I can't run a company for 24 years. You know, kudos to him for being around this long. But also well. at the same time, <laughs> I'm trying to, let me be the person who tries to be polite on this. Well, I always feel bad talking bad about it, too, because, like, I, I worked there for a bit and was given a lot of good opportunities. And I'm one of maybe, I'm, I've tried to add it up, eight people on earth who can say this. Ian doesn't owe me a dime. Sure. And, and I was actually paid well there. And he has never been anything but kind to me. I've right. been to what felt like 400,000 shows for his company. But there are definitely people who are okay doing what they are doing and never want to really go outside of that box. And if that is your journey, kudos to you. But I feel like that also holds you back a whole hell of a lot. So Agreed. there are some people that I think are just happy to be in that place. And I feel like that show is not highlighting... Some people just want to be that. one of the guys. All right. Yeah, well. Let's get this show on the road, because there's a lot to unpack on today's main event. 94 matches. The event is Invasion from July something in 2001. 27th? Let's 25th? go with that. July 20th in 2001. Uh, I got a lot of paper notes. I know Meg's got even more paper notes. Young Mr. Just Jane over here is the cool kid who keeps his notes on his phone. Ooh. I type faster than I write. So, that's crazy to me. Uh, Let's start at the beginning. This opening video with the FDR voiceover, it's great. It's one of those, I think it's a forgotten gem of their opening videos, and I will always praise the WWF's video packages. (laughs) Walking away. Oh, she had to cough. All right. Oh. Now by talking about the coughing, we've negated her walking away to cough. You good? Great. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for it wow. Yeah. But yeah, i huge fan of this opening video package. Actual war footage, too. Like the, mm. the clips of the troops marching and stuff. Like, really, really cool stuff. Like, okay, so it'll be a different perspective because you would have been a, a, a very young child. And then you hadn't watched any WCW or ECW at this point. Correct. It was weird at the time because the guys that you wanted to be part of this, your Randy Savages, your Hogan's, Hall, Nash, Goldberg, their whole deal, and like, we'll just touch on it because anybody listening to this probably already knows this. Their whole deal was when WCW went under, their contracts were actually owned by Time Warner. Mm-hmm. So 
they were getting paid what they had been guaranteed. So yeah. some of those guys had another year and a half to two years left on their deal and guaranteed money. So that's why this angle didn't really have the impact that it did, and we had to like put Austin on you know Team Alliance and everything else because and at the time, angry young fan me was like, oh, they should still like want to do this because it's good for the wrestling and everything. And now I'm like, no, you were an idiot for everything. Like if you were gonna get paid, and those guys were making a lot of money, yeah, and they're gonna get paid that to either sit at home or because WWF couldn't match their pay it was an astronomical amount so then you have to break that contract and go to work for less money yeah or do whatever the hell you want and get a check like how could you possibly blame these guys for not going it and i feel like this pay-per-view if you look at it tonally and the era that they're in i feel like this pay-per-view would not have benefited from Hulk Hogan being on it. Because some of these matches are flashy. Jeff and RVD is flashy. It's awesome. Uh, I love that Billy match. Billy Kidman, for lack of a better term, is kind of flashy. Nothing in this pay-per-view benefits from a lazy Hogan lug drop. Um, it just yeah. doesn't. It, it the, the You're coming off the end of the Attitude Era and you're bringing in the coolness that is ECW and the wrestling that is wcw <laughs> nothing hulk hogan being there is not gonna help at it's like finding a wet something in the bottom of your sink you're just like oh like, no it doesn't add anything <laughs> i actually thought about hogan's leg drop while watching this show because undertaker hit one and i was like <laughs> it's not the finish yeah yeah <laughs> he, he would always pour out hogan's stuff in his comeback yep snake eyes big boot leg drop now stand up so i can goozle you mm-hmm. screw yep. you terry it's fine uh, we gotta do this terry <laughs> uh okay so that was actually one of my notes was that as this pay-per-view happened though i do remember i love this angle i love the storyline it was cool to see all these guys jump ship so to speak and like come in and uh i also made a note that this is it's a weird thing this is sponsored by playstation Yes, I, I, I noted that as well. It's, but, like, at the beginning, it says, brought to you by PS1. And I was like, why are we still advertising PS1? And I think it's a slip-up. Because then later in the show, it's brought to you by PlayStation 2. And I was like, <laughs> I'm positive PlayStation 2 was coming out or just come out or whatever. What year was this? Oh, one. Yeah. Like, I feel like the original PlayStation was in, like, 97? 98? Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. But I, I know, know that... Um, I grew up basically with PS2, so I was born in 2000. I know I'm super old. And then the other shut up. And then the other part (laughs) of me thinks that maybe they were it was just PlayStation as a company. Yeah, they were just like, we don't care, one or two, buy it. I'm sure they were hyping too because then the greatest video game of all time, SmackDown vs. Raw. No. No. SmackDown, here comes the pain. There we go. Yeah, that was the greatest video game of all time. Talk Uh, about talk about brilliance in naming your consoles. PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, and PS5. Right. Why can't Xbox do that? Because then it's, what is it, 360? It's Xbox. Right. Xbox 360. Uh Xbox One. Right. Xbox Series X, I think, is the newest one. Oh, I don't like that at all. It's awful. Xbox is Microsoft? Yes. Did you ever see the naming convention for Windows? (laughs) Wait, Windows 98 came out in 98, right? Right, but it's yeah. like 3.1, oh, yeah, 98, X something, yeah. <laughs> Vista. All right. Zune. <laughs> oh, 
oh man, Zunes. I knew one kid that had a Zune, and I was just like, you ought to be ashamed. <laughs> Before we get into this pay-per-view and we start, because the opener, it seems, just kind of clunks into the... It's, it's the opener, guys, and it just is there. Um, one of the things I really about, love about this pay-per-view, no matter what the match is, and we're talking the bra and panties match, the ref match, the Survivor Series match, all of it, everything has stakes. Nothing is just shoehorned Correct. in for the hell of it. This entire match, or this entire pay-per-view, every match has a purpose. And they have all been built yes. to some degree. Yeah. That's part of my... Uh, okay, we're going to get to this opener. So the opener is Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, who definitely teamed in WCW as part of Team Canada. And I'm just going to guess probably had at least one tag match in ECW, because they were there together a lot. But I don't, really, I don't remember them working with each other in ECW at all. And now I want to find if that ever happened. So I'm just going to assume that that happened at some point. But those two against Edge and Christian. Christian, uh, a month prior to this, had lost in the opening rounds of the King of the Ring. Edge would go on to win King of the Ring tournament only a month prior. That's another crazy thing is the speed of everything in this. Because a month prior to this, King of the Ring tournament where Edge wins, uh, Shane McMahon and Angle have that crazy, crazy street fight where Shane's brain basket just gets shattered. Oh, God, yeah. I think I broke my tailbone. Yeah. Um, you did, she didn't really like this match. It is clunky. You, there's one moment in particular at the very end where you can tell somebody was trying to skip something and get to the finish. Yeah. But I think it's solid. I like all these guys. Everyone's wearing black and red. Which I'm fine with, <laughs> so this will never get referenced again, because I'm only going to be in here once, I'm sure. I have such a gear issue, and as we were watching this, I just hear this quiet, everybody's in black and red, and I'm like, you know what, I'm fine with it, because as opposing foes, you don't care. And let's be real here, Mike Awesome has a eh set of trunks, <laughs> and they are black and red, so I can't even be mad about it. Um <laughs> Like he said, it's kind of clunky. This match is whatever. There's literally no chemistry between these two teams, but the crowd is up for every single high beat. That's another thing that happens in this pay-per-view. Even in the clunkiest match, there's a there's a three-on-three tag later on that's kind of just bleh. The crowd is kind of not there for it, but the crowd is there literally for everything in some capacities. So. I thought this tag match was structured well. What did you think of it? We haven't even got to <laughs> Sorry. I'll You're here, too. I was... Kind of entertained by Christian almost dying on mm. that thing on the dive. Um, uh, the falsy on the small package. Oh, and yeah, incredible. That, that's that was I bit thing. on yeah, it. Yeah, structured very well. Where it's like, yeah, I like that. There's a lot of this guy's in, this guy's out. I'm gonna help my partner do this behind the rest back. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of eh, just there. I liked the finish. Oh yeah, finish yeah. was very cool. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go. Now, one of the things that I did do on this is I did a match counter, Mm. and I did a segment counter. Now, unfortunately, I kind of changed the qualifications for the segment counter about a third of the way through the show. This is what it ended up being, so I actually need to add a few notches to this. What I considered a segment, if there is a hype video for the match that plays before the match, that is one. So the hype video that bleeds into the match, that's yeah. one segment. Mm-hmm. However, when we're done with the match, if we cut to outside, that's a segment. If we do a promo backstage, that's a segment. If we do a video package for something later in the show, that's a segment. Mm-hmm. So, 
Match counter, pull it down. We're at one. Segment counter. The grand total on this show is 15. Now, there's a few that I did not count early on because I thought, ah, oh, maybe this shouldn't count as a segment because it's like, you know, an establishing shot of the building that we're at for some reason. Yeah. And <laughs> like, we got to tell you, we're in Cleveland. Or wait, it's not Cleveland. Yeah, they're at the Gundarina. Gundarina, that's right. Um, we got to tell you where we are. Because you can't be here. It's sold out. <laughs> so, so eat shit. But they do that all the time. Oh, I know. But it was just always funny to me that they'd be like, we're sold out here. And it's like, all right. Okay, look. When you're sitting in the Allstate Arena and they show you a video or a photo of, hey guys, we're at the Allstate Arena. It's sold out. One, the pop is huge. And two, it's kind of cool. Woo! Like that's the building we're in! I like the idea of like, Someone watching live at home. We are not sold out. Oh shit! I better get there, dude, <laughs> and bolt. just hightailing it to the arena. Just my notes here. So this is a there's a Regal and Vince promo, and Regal is wearing a polo shirt, which I like tucked into his tights, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, I did have a note here that Vince is a great babyface. I think on both of our previous episodes. Or however many previous episodes we've had. Damn it, the illusion is ruined. <laughs> um, I think I've always referenced how great of a heel Vince is, but I will say that he can be a fantastic babyface. Yeah. But all right, so our next match, and we're using the term loosely. Ref on ref violence. I would just go ahead, I, sir. No. <laughs> I did not know that this was a thing that happened. Yep. It's probably for the best. Yep. And I gotta tell you, my first thought is, if I were to have this happen, I would not have had Earl Hebner in this match. <laughs> but you're going to, because think about it. If you think about the refs of that time, you're not going to put Mike Kyoto in. You have to put Earl in. I'm going to kick your ass! <laughs> like, Sorry, Mike Kyoto sounds like he smoked 80 cigarettes every day. <laughs> they have. So I, It makes sense. To have Earl Hebner in this match, I just would have made Tim White or someone the senior official for now, this match. Now, it is interesting to ask your take on it because you have transitioned from being a referee into being a wrestler. So my question to you, because I have actually, fun fact, never refereed a match in my life. Mm. Never trained for it, never did it, never even did like a guest ref spot thing, right? How did these two gentlemen have so much experience firsthand in the ring? And this is what we get. Like, you would, by osmosis, they should have had something, right? Yeah, I mean, Earl Hebner's punches were some of them. Um, <laughs> My note says Earl fights like an old woman at a hairdresser who's been overcharged. Dude. And I, J, first of all, JR, before this match started, he said, This is not going to be a pretty match. And he was right. He's correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would. Nobody went into this expecting, like, Malenko and Guerrero or anything. But the crowd is for it. This, uh, I understand we're the second match in, but they are Perfect for spot it. on the card for this, too, by the way. Oh, perfect God, yes. Spot. Nick Patrick is not bad at selling. No, no. I believe like he's paid. Yeah. <laughs> he takes that, uh, what's called the mild bomb, where you yank the guy out of the corner by the feet. He actually, and, like, me and, me and her are watching this together. And that happens, and both at the same time I almost went, that should have been the finish. <laughs> like, it's the only clean thing in the match. The finish is awful. I genuinely don't even remember what it is. It is a shoulder tackle? Question mark? 
Uh, it's fully, not a shoulder tackle. Like it's, full, it's fully sock. being fully being a guest. That's after the match. Oh. Fully being a guest ref, I think, helped this tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, she pointed out, what is this? Four minutes? It's four minutes long. And it's just enough. Because if it had gone any longer, we would have been mad. Was that bell to bell? That's with entrances, I believe. Because they do that funky camera over angle, which we never see again. Oh, Of all the refs coming out. But I think four minutes is enough to get Malarkey in. Enough to throw out your other team. And then get the Sacco bit on Nick Patrick. And... I was amazed they built this. Like this was this was built like on the, television. Yeah, the build was build like everything. I'm but I think but I think it's great. But it's like like how, how do we not have any of that now? Like one of my notes says this is a three hour pay per view. And keep in mind what I said. There's there's a total of ten matches and by my count fifteen segments on a three hour pay per view. And it feels like it goes by. But then like now I watched Raw this week as well. It was awful. Like, I, I, I felt like I was being punished for tuning in, and nothing happened, nothing mattered, there was no relevance to anything, it was just, it was like oatmeal. So this <laughs> is three hours of oatmeal. This is, this is also the, the uh, what's what I want to say here, mm-hmm. the pace of the time. So, my first raw live experience was August 13th, 2001. Um, it's the first show I ever went to in person for the Fed. That show, when I looked up the card, no match except for, I think, the main. And the main is, I believe, Taker and Kane, Palumbo and O'Hare in a cage. Um, everything is five <laughs> minutes or less. That show sprints. These shows sprint. You are just going and going and going. And the nice thing I like about it now is you're allowed to make people look strong. They have clean finishes. Somebody can lose. Yeah. It's not a surprise roll-up. It's not a sneak attack. <laughs> no. It's not a schmoz finish. So everybody looks clean. Or every, everything ends sort of clean. Everybody can either look strong or weak. And with this pay-per-view especially, if you turn in in the middle of this pay-per-view and a match is coming up, you know why the match is important. Yeah, I agree. Stakes are a big, big part of wrestling for me. And like, even with the build for this whole show being kind of like out of left field and wacky... Also, keep in mind, when I talked about they built this ref match, it's not been one month since the previous pay-per-view. So if we aim high here and say they've had three weeks, they've had three episodes of Raw and three episodes of SmackDown, and they managed to build a storyline for the fucking refs to have a Dude. match. Like, let unbelievable. Me, uh, let me just um, quickly, because I want to, I'm going to share two of my notes for this ref match uh-huh. verbatim. Hebner's punches... Dear God, they're getting worse. Because <laughs> I think the first one kind of looks like he actually socks him. Dude, yeah. oh yeah. Like, but when he's on the middle rope in the corner, oh, those man. are worse. Yeah, it looks like uncooked chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no. Yeah. So this next segment, because I got notes about this. Oh, is this the one I hate? Oh, it's the one we all hate. So number one, Taker deserved better than Sarah. And I'm glad he got that tattoo removed. Now, having said that, she... Okay, it's it's a segment between Sarah Taker, Mrs. The Undertaker, if you will, (laughs) and Mrs. The Rattlesnake, Deborah. (laughs) Deborah, who had just been abducted by DDP on 
SmackDown a few days prior, and then they just explained that, like, he drove around the building and then just parked the car and left, which I'm glad they kind of, like, at least explained what happened there, because part of me, I remember, like, the first time I saw this when I was a kid on DVD, I was like, how did he get her back? Why are we not talking about that? But she's just like, he parked the car and just ran away, and I'm like, so they just found you six minutes later on the other side of the building or something. <laughs> Why even go through the trouble if you're just gonna... Could, we don't know. Mind games. But anyways, yes. the, the, the worst sin that they have done on WWE pay-per-view, and this is in 01, and this is worse than Vince dropping the N-bomb on his own show out of his own entertainment. Dear God. That, that, and that's a strong comparison. It's worse. She calls Taker... Hold, hold on. We're going to reenact it. Oh, Matt no. Cage, you're not listening, but this is for you. So they're stirring coffee for 400 hours, and Deborah's like, you know, Paige locked me in the trunk of his car, and I just can't believe it. Once Austin gets to him, blah, 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 and Sarah just goes, I know. When Mark... <gasps> just at that point, oh. at that point we, we stopped listening. Anger. Like, Furious, palpable anger, because at this point... Kayfabe's dead, right? You can go on Instagram and see Taker hanging out at his kid's dance recital. Doing cameo videos now. Great. But for Sarah to just be like, blah, 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 I know. When Mark gets his hands on him, I have never been so viscerally angry I did not even notice that. Dude, it's crazy, because, like, okay, so at the time, at the time, a lot of wrestlers' real names, this is 01, so the the internet is a thing, but it's not as widely available as it, you know, obviously is now. I grew up in the country. We didn't have... I know that we had internet in 01. It wasn't good. <laughs> it, it, like, this was... Okay, we're going to download something on, like, Napster or LimeWire, but we got to start this <laughs> download after everyone goes to bed because it's going to be done maybe by the time everyone gets out of bed. This is for <laughs> a song, you know? So, like, the guy's real names and identities, it was pretty plausible that you wouldn't know... I, I, in 01, I didn't know the Undertaker's name was Mark Calloway. Not everybody's hopping on RajaWWF.com, by the way. For that matter, we didn't even have like a lot of access to like, PWI or like different magazines. And back then, they were still charging like six or seven bucks, which when minimum wage is you know five fifty, it's hard to convince your parents to be like, hey, can you spend two hours of your workday on this magazine for me or whatever, because you're a kid and you don't have a fucking job. But yeah. like... It's, it's infuriating to me. And it, it doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, I don't know if they were just trying to be like, whoa, that's his wife. She can't call him Taker. I'm like, yeah, yeah she you can. can. She absolutely can. I also brought up this weird promo one time where um, the original Tory referred to Kane as Nick, which is more troubling because that's not his name. <laughs> I've n- and if anyone listening to this can find said promo or can explain it to me, great. Is the character Kane named Nick Kane, brother of The Undertaker? Why? I don't... Nick Nick Kane. Nick Kane, the brother of Kane, The Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The Kane brothers. Uh, There was a tag team in Michigan that was... Oh, God, was it the Cold Brothers? Ice and Stone? There was a tag team in uh, CZW. Uh There was a tag team in CZW years ago that were the Hanes, Sam and Coke. Hanes? Oh, like the okay. underwear? H-A-I-N, but, I mean, oh. you could have gone that route. Yeah, Sam Hain and Coke Hain. That was their names. 
if the Sandhagen oh. one didn't have a stupid Halloween-themed gimmick horror shit, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, I'm sure they we did. We can swear on this, right? Yeah, you okay. can say whatever the fuck you want to say. God uh, damn it. <laughs> Alright, let's keep this going. Uh, we're only now on match. Pull down the counter. Three. But this is a good... Well, this is a tolerable one. This uh, one of my favorites. APA oh, my. versus Palumbo and O'Hare. Braden, your thoughts? I love Sean O'Hare. Me too! Also, yeah, sorry, while you were reenacting that uh, segment, I got a call from Berna. Oh, great. We have to always reference Berna, even though yeah, I have he's to. not yet been on the show, and I think it's funnier if we don't let him be on the show, and we just reference him. So you hear that, Berna? You're never coming on. No, what you should do is be like, all right, Berna, we're going to have you on for our last show ever. That's all the time we got. Thanks, Berna. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, highly enjoyed this match. I don't have very, much, very many notes on it, because I was busy watching. I uh, have one note on it. I didn't. I, I, maybe I'm in the minority here today. I didn't really like this one. I liked it fine. Um, my note is: Does this suffer from them being green, or does it suffer from them previously not having competitors their own size? Because when you look at the end of WCW, a lot of the guys who they were fighting, you've got what the filthy animals. You've it was a got... lot of the filthy animals. It was a lot of the cruiserweights. So like, the only know... the only guys in WCW that were tagging that were as big as Palumbo and Hair would have been chronic. Or they're fighting Stasiak and they're fighting Reno. themselves. Yeah, right. so does this suffer because they're not used to being in the ring against guys their own size? They're, this one felt more clunky to me than the opener. And I, maybe yes. that's just me, but, and maybe it's because they all are all four very big dudes. Bradshaw is beating the piss out of <laughs> everything that moves in front of him. Yeah. Dude, yeah. This is my peak. I, I love this version of Bradshaw. Love him. Uh, this this look, the Josh Brolin in uh, No Country for Old Men yeah. look, absolutely love it. Uh, I have to, I do have to say this. Um, I'm sorry, Meg, but JBL has my favorite clothesline of all time. It's really it's good. It's surpassed Stan Hansen's. Yeah. In my opinion, in your opinion like yeah. favorite, yes. I don't want to say best because it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard for to sure. Say. Oh yeah. I love the the run the. Follow through that everything. I love it. See, I feel like Bradshaw's is more technique based. Where Stan's Which is, is more. Something, quite here frankly. is my bicep, and your face is somewhere in my vicinity, and the two of them are gonna meet. Which <laughs> I yeah, it, it, you know, it depends on what you look for. Um, I don't know. I just love it so much. One of my only other notes on this one was I. I so I'm always big on how did they miss the boat on this guy? How did they miss the boat on that guy? How did they not find mm-hmm, some, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. O'Hare's on that list because I'm like, they tried with the devil's advocate gimmick and those vignettes were incredible. Yeah. But then the knock on it was always, well, it doesn't translate in ring. Which to me, I want to be like, then why do this in the first place? Like, if you have this great idea for a character and you produce these vignettes and you film it and you hype it for what seemed like a month and a half, yeah. at what point in the process does someone go, how does he this guy in the ring? And also, what if he's not? What if he just beats the hell out of people during his matches, and then you the character is based on the promos? Like, not everyone can do Taker's dead during his matches. Not every character bleeds itself into that. There's characters that are very... Like, I love Jamie Noble. Yeah. Specifically, like, Redneck Messiah Jamie Noble. That character... He, was, he wrestled the exact same way between the bells as that character as he did just being Jamie Noble. Sure. Everything outside of it was completely different. Yeah. O'Hare's a guy that I think they missed the boat on. I think they could have tried something with him just because he was so big, so athletic, and he has that crazy look. Uh, and then Palumbo, 
they tried with him what seemed like five damn times. <laughs> he was in the FBI at one point, which was yeah. fine. I didn't, you know, whatever. Do you guys remember when they gave him the biker gimmick? Um, nope. Kinda. So Vaguely. Is, Taker had gone back to being Dead Man Taker, and then they just repackaged Chuck Palumbo and debuted him as a biker. Uh, yeah, nope. I was, well, one, correct. Two, <laughs> just, again, why? I think in this time frame, so the Fed benefits now from having what seems like 14 different uh, minor leagues for people to go to. So if you if you get brought up and you're okay and we need to polish you, we can dump you down in NXT, we can put you on 205 Live, we can just stick you down in the Performance Center for what seems like a good part or part of a year and get you good. And I think at this time, yeah, you had your OVWs because they sent O'Hare there for a little bit, I think. Um, you've got, I think, HWA at this point that you can send people to. But I think at this time, they were so quickly moving through things mm-hmm. that they didn't have time to invest. So you either had to get good quickly or you were gone. Yeah, that's like, true. We'll talk about it later with the bra and panties match, I'm sure. Trish was forced to get really good. And she yeah. got good quietly and quickly. So I think people either had to get better on the fly, or they were just like, we've got nothing for you, sorry. Because yeah. look at the caliber of talent you've got going on. You've got Taker, you've got Austin, you've got Rock, you've got Angle, you've got Booker T for the another person to throw in there. So you've got people that are good. You've got your cruiserweights that are good. So if you're not bringing something new to the table, you can be a big guy, but we have big guys. you got to yeah. be a big guy who's doing something cool. And... A swanton, yeah, but Jeff can do it too. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like with these two, there was nothing that stood them out enough. Where in WCW, them just being big stood them out enough. That being said, I I know that other people have done frog splashes, but seeing Mike Awesome do a frog splash it's is terrifying. As hell. He's so big. Dude could springboard too. Like that's another yeah. crazy thing. Uh, let's see. Up next, there was a Jericho and Vince promo in the back. My only note: I love that Jericho Hall shirt. Yep. I, I wish I had had it. Vince looked like he was having shoot fun during this segment. Probably was. Like, he looked not like it wasn't an act. Like, he was genuinely Mm -hmm. having a great time. So he told me a story really quick um, about how Vince never wanted to be an on-air character. Mm. Which is baffling. Because Vince only ever looks like he is enjoying, especially when he's heel, being a raging asshole. He looks like he thrives <laughs> on it. Like, that yeah. man, that walk, you cannot tell me that's a walk of a person who is not enjoying themselves. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Bill Kidman versus Sean Waltman, otherwise known as X-Pac, whose finish was X-Factor as a member of the group X-Factor. Yo, you're dealing with the X-Factor. I had everything I ever wanted. Uh, this is on the- <laughs> Um, a lot of things just happened. They sure did. So, like, this group I always thought was so weird because it was just so thrown together. That I don't I don't remember them ever giving us an explanation, but the group was just incredible. X-Pac and Albert, together as X-Factor. That's fine. I didn't hate it. I always hated Just Incredible having his tights tucked into his boots with his socks sticking out. Anyways, yeah. uh, and I was actually always a big fan of Albert, A-Train, Matt Bloom, Lord Tensai, Sweet Tea, whatever you like to call it. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, that's another guy that I'm like, I don't think he should have been like world champ or anything, and they tried, oh man, they tried a lot. But um, anyway, so I, my notes here, this was a weird dynamic. 
I thought. Yeah. I don't know if you picked up on this or not, because the crowd is conditioned to boo X-Pac. Yeah. Even though X-Pac is, like, X-Pac's a legend. The dude's a pioneer for that style of wrestling. And yeah. it's crazy how good he was, how young he was. Because they're like, I, I think they said even he's only like 29 or something here. And had been wrestling wow. since like 16. I like his weird air-humping taunt. Oh, yeah. And like, that's a guy that like, when I was a fan, like at this point too, I did not appreciate X-Pac. Mm. I, I, legit, he, he bored me when I was a kid, which is weird. Yeah. Because he's one of the least boring guys on the on the roster. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it was weird dynamic though because it's like okay, we got to cheer the WWF guys, but we hate X Pac. Supposed to boo the WCW guys. But Kidman was cool, so like the crowd to me was very. It, it was like they couldn't decide what they wanted to do. I thought the match was good. Yeah. Um, what do you take? What's your take on it? Um, I like uh, Billy Kidman. Could yes. not think of his name. Yeah. Uh, the slide underneath the bottom rope into the bulldog. Oh, like yeah. Onto the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. Also had to note that you cannot powerbomb Billy Kidman. Said it out loud as he set up for it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. X-Pac, who's probably never done a powerbomb in any match ever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I like that. Uh, Kidman was the first guy I ever saw do the shooting star press. Mm. And I remember when he was in WCW, that was... It, it's weird now because, like, the, not the stakes, but the uh, the bar athletically has been raised so high. We are the bar. <laughs> this visual medium of a podcast. We both did the thumbs to the side, guys. But you know what I mean. Like the the athletically, the bar has been raised so high mm-hmm. that it's hard to imagine that back then it was like that. Nobody had seen anything like that. You know, like before Kidman, like Liger is the guy that's credited with inventing the shooting star press. Which, if you ever go back and look at his, it's terrifying. Really? Oh, yeah. Is that as scary as Billy Kidman's? It's, I I'd hate, argue, worse. I hate Billy Kidman's shooting star press. It's not, I hate it's not it. great at all. And I think it's because I've seen other people do it better before I saw his. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so, you've got, case, yeah. so you've got the, the reverse experience that I yeah, had. Yeah. The first time I ever saw that, I, I remember I couldn't describe what it was. It was like, yeah, I mean, he did a backflip, but he went forward while he was doing it. You know, like. I also, have to note that both men were wearing black and silver. Yeah. Again, we're on opposite sides of the playing field, bro. You don't see these people every day. <laughs> you're you're trying real hard to justify this. I will justify this because, again, you're on opposite sides. I know X Pac has more than one set of gear. He wore green almost his entire run. Edge wore. Black and red to a match against Kane. Kane in the world as we know it has never worn any other color except for black and red. I don't care what Raja WWF said. We never got that DX gear that was black and green. We so did not. Edge had no. Did you ever see the Kane black on black gear? No, because that would have been great. It, it was. It, it was. I dope. I know. This is my hill that to die this on, guys. Is, I know that this is not the worst version of gear fraud, as I'm going to put it, but. You can't, you can't deny that X-Pac <laughs> could have easily worn different color gear in this match. Look, to be fair, I think this was like really quickly after Billy Kidman got tights, 
So maybe he didn't have a lot of colors. Yeah, because before in WCW, he was wrestling in jorts and a tank top. It was bad. Pioneering the look that John Cena would ape years later. And Doc Martens. But anyway. Uh, all right. Kidman up on that one with the shooter because we got to have the shooter on the show. This is one of his better shooters, though. It is, actually. Um, then it still goes hate to my it. favorite stupid promo ever. All right. Here we go, guys. This is the one that I think anyone who knows me and Meg that's actually listening to this, this is what we're here for. This promo... Between Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson. I can almost quote this entire damn I have We're one note. Do that. I have one note for this segment. Go for it. What is this segment? <laughs> my this is the only note. My note on this segment, and I, I understand who I'm saying this in front of, it just says, This isn't good, but at the time, it was enough. The internet wasn't prevalent yet. This got me going. <laughs> Just the, again, hi Matt Cage, just the, my legs go from here all the way to here. Like, cool. Is also, a- two, she goes, wow, Stace, you do have a firm ass. One, she has no ass. Two, who cares? And later, she's going to get unclothed, spoiler alert, and then she's freaking out. Like, it, don't wear a thong if you don't want people to see your ass. Fundamentally, so- it doesn't make sense. Stacy. So the legs go from here to here thing? Yeah. Correct. Is that a direct or indirect Tremors reference? Indirect. I okay. refuse to believe that a... <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. I refuse to believe that they put a Tremors reference in 2001 into a backstage promo with Stacy Keebler. Now, if that was true... And you know what? Maybe I'm going to convince myself it's true. Just to make it better. I choose to believe that I it is. I choose to believe... Uh, Believe. Next, Raven versus Regal. Uh, Ish. Uh, one of my notes here just says you talk about a clash of styles. Uh, yeah, and not the finisher. And I, yeah, correct. I like both of these guys, but Regal did not feed far enough out for that clothesline during one of the. He took like the Brett buckle and right. like backed up, and then Raven's like, Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, not it not was great. not. Raven's Super a guy well. that I don't think ever clicked or fell into place in the Fed. I mean, I, I think inarguably his best stuff was ECW. He did have some really good stuff in WCW, though, that like people just kind of forget about. Yeah. Favorite, favorite underrated Raven moment, though, is him putting Moppy in the wood chipper and it getting stuck and him just shrugging on live TV because it wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I uh, did a show with Raven. I was there. I know you were. I was talking to him. Oh. And maybe I was talking to the audience. I know you were. <laughs> hey, guys. The art, Meg. I did a show with Raven. Did a promo with him in the ring. And then he refereed a match of mine later. Anyways. Fun fact. Mom's gay. Loves Raven. She is the... Raven is the reason we ended up at our first IWA Mid-South show. Yeah. That's how I got into indie wrestling. So thanks, Raven, for all of that. Leading us down this road. 19 years? 15 years? What do you think of this one? Outside of Um, not feeding for that line. There was a really cool, like, sequence where Regal was doing a bunch of complicated pins. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it was kind of there. I'll make a small note on this, though. This is the first match that's had a run-in Yeah. Mm. on this card, yeah. which I think is worth noting. Yeah. I don't think any of these matches have ended in a surprise roll-up at this point, either. Mm. So, it's, it's weird to think that there was a time where they didn't <laughs> whore out these finishes constantly. Ten matches on this card, guys, and we're still not. <laughs> uh, all right, next was this note: random six man, Bill Gunn, um, Big Show, Albert against 
Canyon, Hugh Morris, and uh, John Stasiak. Sean Stasiak. I prefer. I, I choose to, to to call him Meat. Yes. You know his dad was a WWF champion. Stan the Man Stasiak. Oh yeah. Held the belt they, they for held the belt him. for one week. Oh wow. He was like one of the original transitional champs. Best thing Sean Stasiak ever did though was run head first in that suit of armor. That is hilarious and one of the funniest things I've ever seen in wrestling. I don't know. This was just kind of there. Yeah. Um. I do have one question for you, Tom. Hmm. Who better than Canyon? Great Nobody. question. Great question. And I will have to do research and get back to mm, you on okay. that. Okay. My my intern threw out my paperwork on that. I'm pretty upset. Um. Yeah. Also, Bill Gunn's '90s sitcom theme song here is. Uh, guys, you got to go back and re-listen to that and tell me if that makes you want to cheer for that man because it don't. I don't it, know. I kinda, I kinda it, it, listen to the lyrics. He's I, just bragging about how awesome he is. Fuck you, Bill. Like, <laughs> we get it. Yeah. You're awesome. You're strong and fast. How does how does Kip James jump so high for the famous er dude? I don't know because I think when he hits it on Hugh Morris, Hugh Morris is like standing up. Yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, I gotta like bend my head for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, all right. Next. What do, what do we got here? Taz and Tajiri. Uh, I have my note here that says Taz's theme is Roman's theme. Take that, people yes. think. Uh, yes. I actually like this match a lot. I did as well. I love both of these guys from their run in ECW. I think that's also both where they peaked. Tajiri's a guy I don't think gets a, a shred of the credit he deserves. Tajiri is amazing. Even when he came back like for the 205 Live launch, yeah. for the, he was still great. You know who I want to see him wrestle real bad? Hmm. Bucky. Ooh. How good? How good could that be? Because in a sense, Tajiri was there, Bucky. I can't think of a bad Tajiri match. No. I would mm. rest. Speaking of good Tajiri matches, Tajiri versus Guido from Hardcore Heaven 99. Put it on your network and watch it. Thank me later. <laughs> and if you hate it, don't thank me later. That's your fault for listening to me. Those guys also <laughs> had the benefit of working with each other seemingly 500 times just in ECW alone. Um, let's see, my other notes here. The Tazplex, I love that move, it's cool, it's scary as shit. <laughs> the, the head and arm yeah. one or whatever, and it's like, yeah, I know you're flipping over Taz, so it's like, you know, going over a picnic table, but like, still. <laughs> Wide and through. short. Uh, I also have a note here that says, liberal use of Robert Hawley's finish. There's two Alabama slams yes, on this show. that is true. To be fair, he's not even in the same state. He's not. Yeah, he is in he's in WWF New York. Correct. I wonder if that place was fun. Evidently, it was like a huge money laundering scam, and they didn't know it, and that's what got it shut down. But it still looks like it was a just, hoot. Just bleeding money, like a hoot. A hoot. I I thought that WWF New York was going to evolve into again. Keep in mind, this is like '01, so the the infancy of the internet in like you know non urban areas. I thought they were going to have like a chain of stores. In malls, mm. I thought that was what that was going to eventually become. It would, you know what I mean, just like title belts and shirts and yeah, whatever foam hands. Get rid of a lids because every mall has two lids, and then put a WWF merch shop. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. I enjoyed the finish of this match. Missed out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. goes to pick him up. Oh, I love it. We, oh, we, I love the mist. We we can talk about it off off the show, but there's been so many between Tajiri and Muda. So many great missed spots over the years, and some of them, it's like the more contrived they get, the better it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next, in my mind, match of the night, yeah. match of the show for sure. Uh, 
Robert Vaniel Daniel against <laughs> Jeffrey Hardy. Oh uh, my god. I actually hadn't watched this in a long time. But this is one that, like, when I did have this DVD, I watched this match constantly. This is one of those matches that I know we watched together mm-hmm. before this. Um, also, generic version of a one-of-a-kind one theme from Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Without the words and stuff. Weird. Um, I had a note here that the sunset bomb worked. Like, you always see the, the spot where the guy goes for the sunset oh, flip yeah. to the outside. And this time it actually worked, which I thought was pretty grisly. Um, okay, so me and her debated about this, too. There's a spot when they're on the ramp, and RVD does the Van Daminator kick, and Jeff falls into that pit in the middle mm-hmm. of the ramp. I always thought it looked like he goes, basically flip bumps into that. And because the camera, it doesn't catch it quite. Yeah. It looks like he stumbles in, in my mind, it looks like he stumbles in and basically does a flip bump on the fucking concrete, like seven feet below. But she thinks he lands on his feet. Not clean. Let me, let me like stumbles. That. Yeah, yeah, like hits his feet and falls because admittedly, the boy does the dumbest shit ever. He's going to bump through. He just smacked his head off ring steps the other night on Raw. It was ugly. But you'd be a lunatic to back bump flat on the concrete. Oh, I know, but... Your I, health. I I have a very sad note for this match. Yes. Um, the only thing I can think of when I see the Rolling Thunder is Austin Silas. Oh, no. I know. Now that he's been referenced on here, he'll live on forever. Damn it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, this is the match where we get the 20-foot ladder quote. Uh, now, Tom, how do you learn how to fall off a 20-foot ladder? See, my technique was to f- learn how to fall off a 5-foot ladder four times. Mm, there you go. It's not, basic Not math. off of a step stool ten times? No, what, are you insane? Yes. <laughs> uh, also, that ladder match hyperbole throughout this match, continuously, they're not 20-foot ladders, they're maybe 12. Um, I want somebody to challenge JR's math. Uh, did you guys know that RVD was in a really shitty horror movie in, like, 2002? It's called really? Black Mask 2, City of Masks. This was earlier than that. No, it was, like, 2001, 2002. Oh, man, maybe my timeline's... I remember him missing time in ECW to film this movie. I swear Because they the were foolish t- enough to promote it. Because he turns into some sort of lizard. It's got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure it's in like 2001, 2000 times. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to Google? You can. Like, ECW didn't go... What's it called? Black Black... Mask 2, City of Masks. (laughs) Who knew that we would end up... Wait, 2000? 2002. 2002, yeah. Being told by our intern it's 2002. Why do I remember him missing time from ECW for this? Sure or maybe they stupid. they filmed it and then it just languished on the shelf for it, God knows how long. So you're just going to steal my job, huh? Sit down. The intern doesn't get paid. All to right. be fair, he lost his paperwork from earlier. Yeah, so. that's true. Find the back of my hand displeasing. Uh, yeah, but I just remember this movie being weird. They kind of promoted it. He turns into a lizard at some point. The movie's not you? good. Uh with the acting power of Rob Van Dam, are you kidding me? You know, I really loved Matt Riddle when he was just 2001 RVD. Ooh, sickest of the burns. Um, He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Anyways, I think we all agree. Great stuff, though, right? Oh, fantastic. Okay. Love and then it. this barn burner that follows it. Tag team, brawn panties match. Trish yep. and Lita against 
the catches catch can expertise that is Tori and Stacy. I just I have to say, this was the first ever tag team Braun panties uh, match. Hopefully, it's the last ever. <laughs> I can't guarantee that it is. In fact, I think it was not. Um, yeah. They put the shit in video games, guys. I yet again had the note here. The internet wasn't really a thing, so this was enough. Um, Mick looks too happy to be a part of this. Oh, he's <laughs> just a lecherous muppet throughout this entire. <laughs> to be fair, if they should have, if we didn't have Mick wrestle this as your weird uncle. Who they should have had do it was Tim White because anytime there was a cat fight role in the mid night or late nineties, Tim White ended up in the middle. Correct. So why we didn't put Tim White in this is beyond me, except I'm sure he got tossed out during the rough battle of earlier. So uh, my other notes here: we've come so far. Oh like, God! Sure. You, you can't do. You can't anything do even, matches anymore. Anything even remotely resembling this now? No. And I'm not saying that you should. I get it, but like. Even if it was a, I think that even if a promotion was an quote adult oriented show and they tried to book something like this and promote something like this, the the heat would be immeasurable. Even if that was the the, the version of wrestling, the product that they were trying to give people. But whatevs. Um, I also made a note here that everybody here got better, but Stacy got the least better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Stacy had to get better. No, she definitely had a role there and had a spot for a long time, but like there was a point where her high spots was her doing like a cartwheel or a spin kick. And I'm and just the I'm just in the corner. Correct. And I'm just saying comparatively speaking, Tori gave us that great series of matches with Don Marie based on Al Wilson's untimely death via fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> anyways, and then, obviously, like, Trish and Lita would go on to be, like, two of the all-time best. Oh, yeah, Trish main evented Raw with Jazz that one time in that street fight. Yeah, that's true. I think that was the first time the girls had ever main evented. Was it that one, or was it Trish and Lita? I think Trish and Lita, was, Trish the, and Lita, Trish and Lita was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my shows are blending together. Uh, Alright, so, now, on to the main event. So... Star of this is Stefan or Crimper, by the way. Yes. And her <laughs> insane dance during uh, Booker's entrance. She's great. Yeah. Long live long live the Alliance. Um, what did you think of this? I um, highly enjoyed it, actually. I, I kind of did, too. Uh, it was weird that it was one fall. Yeah, like, I can see that. I, I think I'm just conditioned to think that anytime I see... A four on four, specifically a five on five. I'm just like, oh, it's Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, There's so many entrances. Oh my god, and it, it was so confusing why they had them come out all. Alter- oh yeah, staggered. Yeah. What? Why? I don't know. But the the match graphic is that way. So they keep hyping this match graphic, and it's Kane and Taker against I don't remember Dudley's. who Dudley's, Jericho and Booker. Sure. And then another two and another two. Austin oh, Jericho and, and Rhino. Austin Jer- and Angle versus Booker, Booker and... and... Who else is in this match? Well, however you just It's forgetting. the Dudleys, Booker... Rhino. Rhino, that's four. Who's the other... DDP. Okay, that's right. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I, so you... they, they even block off the card beard. It's a five-on-five. Five. It's not a tag and a single and a tag. I got confused by the initial... Structure and he's like, oh no, it's a five on five. The match graphic does make it look like it's a tag, a singles, and a tag. Yeah, we need to come back to DDP. So 
talk about this, and then we'll come back. Uh, I like I liked it. Uh, I love Jericho's barbar tights. I'm always gonna, you know, love that. The pace of this is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Austin just doing superplexes. Yeah. <laughs> In the shine. Um, Maybe that's where Casey got it. Most likely. Yeah. Great idea. He's trying to mimic Stone Dog Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> dog Stone. Um, what was your DDP thing? So, DDP would go from this obsessive stalker, like he's building a shrine for Sarah and videotaping her at the house or whatever. He ends up as a motivational speaker. So, discussion point. Who has had the weirdest character trajectory in wrestling? Kane. From burn victim Hideously to Hideously burned monster to psychologically burned monster to corporate stooge to wears a welding helmet over his mask doesn't weld, only removes the welding helmet, to all of the above almost simultaneously to public servant. Okay. Because I really think it's DDP, because... I mean, that's a huge swing, yeah, for sure. Because even in WCW... Maybe he's trying to motivate stalkers. Like, he was, <laughs> he was a Vegas high roller guy, yeah. and then he's just kind of a cool dude. He was also Jersey trash at one point, I think, even before then. He was part of the Jersey Trident... And then you Trident. bring him... Trident into the gum, and they do not sponsor us. Anyway, <laughs> bring him in as a stalker. He eventually becomes a motivational speaker with, like, massive uh, veneers. And then he yeah. goes out. But, like, what a what a swing from, like, skeezy, I'm wearing Dice's earrings to it's a good other, thing. Other, other huge swinging character, uh, Taker. Yeah. Dead. Dead? Mortician to, to Satanist to biker to dead mortician Satanist biker. <laughs> what oh, I about love Midian? It. Oh God, hog farmer to I obsessed Satanist weirdo. A lot of Satanists to nudist to nudist nude Satanist <laughs> to being Satanist. Or no, I'm thinking balls Mahoney. Nudist. Newtonist. What? I was thinking balls Huh? Diesel. Yeah, he was just Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Then he was like a semi-truck enthusiast. And to be fair, he started as Vinny Vegas. Yeah, that's true. And Oz! Oz the Great and Powerful! Ooh, what about Gold Dust? We have a bunch of these, so guys, if you're listening and you want to comment on your favorite weird trajectory, I'm interested to read it, so... Yeah, that would be good. Uh, Alright, so anyways, my other notes here. I, I liked how this match was structured because there were no eliminations. So towards the end, though, you gotta, like, get people out of the way, right? Because otherwise... You can't have a fall. Yeah. Someone's going to come in and break it up. Yeah. So they do this, like, really, like, like, DDP and Taker just bomb out. They, they just wander out through the crowd. I think Kane goes through a table. Uh, Devon goes through a table. Yeah, Devon goes through a table. Uh, I think then it's basically, yeah, because then it basically it's almost like Bubba and Booker against Angle for a minute. And he, I remember this now, he gets rid of Bubba. Hits the angle slam on Booker, puts him in the ankle lock. Ref's dead. Austin's back. He has now laced up his knee brace because he's been, like, tying his shoes for eight minutes or whatever. Yeah. Betrayal, kick, wham, stunner. Mm -hmm. Booker up on Austin. Uh, I remember at the time that was a really shocking choice. Yeah. Because a few months prior to this is Mania 17, where they try to pull the trigger on, okay, we're going to turn Austin heel. 
and it doesn't work. Yeah. And then they spend the next couple months trying so hard to make him a heel. And it doesn't work. And so then they tease this babyface turn only to have him turn heel at the end of the night because it was like, I don't know, I just felt like they were like, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. Because it's the biggest, it's the biggest betrayal. Because for the past, what, five years? When's the, when's the double turn? 96? 97. Okay, so for the past four years, he's been the penultimate blue collar, hate my boss, hate my job, hate my wife. I'm going to, you know, every, like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm are you sorry. I am. Are you? I okay. am. I don't, I don't think you are. He's just an everyman kind of guy. I'm going to drink beer. My boss is a dick and everybody can relate to him. So for them to be this one character that everybody loves, and then basically he gives a big F you to the fans, I'm going to join the, the other side? I mean, side? like, the, the idea of that is, the idea of that on paper is great. And, like, they do teach this in wrestling, the more they love you, the more they will hate you. The more they hate you, the more they will love you whenever somebody turns. But with this one, I'm like... Steve's too cool. I don't think that anybody ever wanted a heel Austin. There's good stuff that comes from it, but oh, I, yeah. like, I, I don't think anybody ever wanted it. I, I, think, I think they should have not ran with it after the reaction that it got at Mania. I think they should have absolutely then just been like, nah, swing and a miss. Like, yeah. I think it kind of suffers from NWO. I think they were vibe. trying to, I, in, a, in a sense, I think they are trying to do the Hogan thing and it just didn't. I think the way that they went about the heel turn at the first time was just wrong. Like, if you're going to have Stone Cold be heel, like, Having him hug Vince is just a weird way to go about it. You know what I'm saying? It is a weird way to go about. It. I think that I think they felt that was the only way to make it work, because he was so beloved that it was like, yeah, who you, you know what I mean? Like the only person that people hated more than they loved Austin was Vince. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Anyways, um, it was still good. No, it was still good. It was it was still very good. Angle is so over here too. Like. To me, this is when they should have started leaning into, and they kind of did for a little while, Godless Killing Machine Angle. The crowd was so hot for this, yeah. for the ending of this match. Like, I, I just think that, like, it may have been done to great success with the NWO, but the idea of an invading force in a wrestling uh, scenario, it always works. Mm-hmm. Like, it's done to death, don't get me wrong, it is played the hell out. Retribution! But <laughs> but but this one felt like there were stakes because he, so speaking of retribution, there's no stakes with retribution. If they win, who cares? If Steph and Shane win, they've got money. Right. They've got trust funds that have opened up to them right. at this point because they've come of age. They have kiss my ass money. They could feasibly pair up with each other's funds, bring in what little money Heyman has. And find a way to drive... Bring in Heyman's IOUs yes. and, and car wash vouchers. And and basically could take Vince out at the knees. So there are stakes here. And when Retribution came in, the, the Fed people were like, oh, we've got to fight Retribution. In this one, Bradshaw's cutting promos in the back of, there's going to be a fight and we're going to bring it. Like, yeah. There's actually a rah-rah behind this I do that think is missing from I, everything else lately. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I do think, though, and I'm going to... I think I'm going to kind of disagree with an earlier point you made. I think that as good as this ended up kind of being... And it, it's this whole angle is very much maligned and, and shit on retroactively. 
I think if you go back and actually watch it, it ain't nearly as bad as people say that it was at the time. I think I thought it was really cool. I do kind of think that if for whatever reason, if we'd been able to get the big WCW stars, I think it would have been better. I don't think so. But I think that it's because then we would have gotten these money matches that we never got. And we never got Austin and Hogan. Sting and Taker. We never got Sting and Taker. That, like, in 01, those probably would have actually been pretty fucking good. But, looking at the trajectory of where WCW went and how it ended, do you think those people in those positions, your Hogans, your Nashes, your Stings, your Halls, your big names, right. do you think they're going to have the same, yeah, we're going to go wrestle, or yeah, I'll go get in this ring well, for no, money? No, I'm... I'm fantasy booking this in some alternate reality where they're both financially compensated well and motivated. Because I like, don't think your motivation's there at the end of WCW. No, it's not. But I think that they also... You can go back and watch this shit. They knew that pl- plane was going down. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. But, I think the only person holding on was Disco Inferno. Sorry, Dakota. <laughs> Fuck him. Anyways. And Disco Inferno. Uh, let's see. That was good. That yes, was good. very good. All right, um... I'm going to say goodbye. Let's wrap this bad boy up. How long have we been doing this? This is a long one. That's because I'm... Oh, just over an hour. Sorry. King of the Ring was uh, longer. Yeah, that's true. But there's a lot to talk about on this one. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, overall, I would give this show a thumbs up if you haven't I would seen as well. it. Yeah, definitely. I'd say go back and watch it. There's a few things maybe you can skip. Definitely watch Jeff and RVD. Definitely and watch the, the ref match. That's a must-see. Four minutes, man. You can't... <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. I, I, I enjoy the whole thing, top to bottom. Um, there's stuff in it that doesn't hold up, but then there's stuff in it, like you said, with Jeff and RVD that definitely does. And it holds such a near and dear place in my heart. This is like when I started really getting into wrestling, so I will always enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us, Meg. Thanks. And we will see? No, we won't see any of you because it's not <laughs> a visual medium. Hopefully you'll have to back. <laughs> you, will. you will hear us next time. On What Are We Even Doing? <laughs> What are we even doing?